Um, okay, I wanted to share with you something that frustrates me, and maybe I'm not the only one here. Do you ever send someone a text and then they call you? Does that happen to you? Okay. It drives me nuts. Now, sometimes I can understand it. Like, sometimes I send someone a text, and they have an answer that's like, it would take them an hour to type it all out, and so they call. That I understand. But sometimes I'll text my dad, like, a really simple question. Like, what time are you coming over? And he'll call me back. And it's just like, what about texting you gives you the impression I'm able to talk on the phone or that I want to talk on the phone? So it's really frustrating. Uh, when I was in high school, it was kind of the opposite situation because back then, texts were kind of expensive. Like, my entire family shared a plan of 300 texts a month. Um, so we had like 100 texts, and we had to like pick and choose which one we use it for. So I ran out really quickly, and we would get charged money if we went over, and my parents would yell at me. So I'd tell my friends, call me if you need something. Like, don't text me. Call me. And... I would lose all this money because they would text me anyway. Uh, but for you guys, it's kind of a different reality. Maybe you have like a specific app on your phone that you use to talk to your friends, and you tell your friends, please use this. Uh, or maybe you don't have a phone and you use smoke signals, um, and you never hear from your friends because their parents won't let them start a fire in their backyard to tell you about the cute girl they like or something. Um, so we all kind of have, like the point is, is all of us have a way that we prefer to be contacted. And so does God. Like God has a specific way that he wants us to contact him and reach out to him, which is kind of an interesting thing. Because if you were here last week, we talked about how God like holds the entire universe in his hand. And we're just like itty, bitty, bitty people like right in the middle. And so, like, how do we talk to God who holds all this? Well, he set up a line of communication that actually brings him closer to us than I am to you right now. And it's called the Spirit. And we're talking about this because we looked at a verse last week that says, uh, Jesus said, the time has come where people, like true worshipers, will worship in truth and in spirit. We talked about truth last week. That's on Facebook if you want to listen to it. But tonight we're talking about what it means to worship in spirit. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 19 through 22. This is a handful, so be prepared. Here goes. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain... That is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, if all of that went over your head, that's okay, because it's talking about a lot of things that we are not familiar with. The things that this is talking about is before Jesus came, there was a specific way that people used to worship God. They built him this temple in Israel. And there were a lot of rooms in this temple, but in the very back was a room called the Holy of Holies. Has anyone seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Come on, guys. You need to watch that movie. So if you know what the Ark of the Covenant is, it's in this back room that the Ark of the Covenant actually was. Like, it's a real thing. It's not just something George Lucas made up. 
So God would hang out in this back room waiting for people to talk to him. And to get to this room, he had to go behind this really thick curtain. That's the curtain that this was talking about. Now, not just anyone could go in this back room to spend time with God. Only one person was allowed to go back there. And he was called the high priest. And he couldn't just go in there any time. Only once a year was the high priest allowed to go into this back room to spend time with God. And before he could do that, he had to perform all these rituals to kind of purify himself before he went into this back room, because that's something that God asked him to do. And if the high priest did it wrong, if he went into that room, he would die. So the thing is, people would be waiting outside of the temple while the one person went in there. And in case he died, they would actually tie bells to the bottom of his pants so that they could hear him in there. So if they stopped hearing the bells, they would know that something went wrong and he died. And they would tie a rope to his ankle, too. So if he did die, you can't go into that room to pull him out because then you would die. So they would just tug on the rope and they would pull his body out. So, like, pretty crazy stuff. But this verse is saying, it's not like that at all anymore. See, because of what Jesus did, anyone, anytime, anywhere is able to worship God. We don't have to wait once a year for one person to go to one location to do it for us. Any one of us, anytime, anywhere. So when it says worship in spirit, it's saying that we can worship God from the spirit inside of us. And here's how this is possible. If anyone makes the decision to trust Jesus, and by that I mean they trust Jesus to forgive them and to guide them through life. If anyone has made that decision, something that happens is God gives them his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us in the same way that his spirit used to dwell inside that back room of the temple. Except now, we're the temple, and his spirit's in here. Not in some like weird way, and he's not in like some specific organ like the heart or the stomach or the lower intestines. Like He's, he's a part of our soul now. God is always, always with us, anytime, anywhere. And it's kind of like he set up this line of communication that we can always talk to him. Now, no one ever expected God to ever do anything like this. This is like way beyond what anyone ever expected. And it totally changed the way that people were able to interact with God. Allie and I, we went to Disney World a few years ago. Has anyone been to Disney World? Okay, cool. So I don't know if your families did this, but we booked our trip online and they mailed us these wristbands. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, so... They, they kind of mail you these wristbands. Like, they look like a smartwatch, but it doesn't have a screen on it, but it's about the same size. And here's why they do this. When you get off the plane in Florida, there's these signs of where to go, and they point you to this area, and there's uh, a person who works for Disney waiting there for you. And they ask you to tap this wristband to this post, and when you do it, the post turns green, and then they call you by your name. And they know your name because all that information's in the wristband. And they tell you, you don't need to pick up your bags. We're picking them up for you, and we're going to bring them to your hotel room. And they know where your hotel is because all of that is inside the wristband. And they say, we have a ride waiting for you to take you to your hotel room. And the ride knows where to go because all of the information is inside of your wristband. So you get to the hotel, and you go to the front desk, and they ask for your name, and they say, all right, you're all set. And you don't need a room key because the room key is inside your wristband. You just tap the wristband to the door and the door unlocks 
It's really cool. And when you decide to actually go to the theme park, you don't need to bring your tickets because your tickets are inside your wristband. You just walk up to the post and it turns green and you just walk inside the park. If you want to buy anything inside the park, you don't need your credit card because it's all in your wristband. It's so cool, guys. It's so cool. So you just, like, they hand you the food and you tap the wristband and you walk away. Like, you have to pay for it later, but it's all in there. And what this allowed Allie and I to do is we had a totally different experience of Disney World because we didn't have to worry about our tickets or our credit card or anything getting stolen or our room key or our bags or anything. We could just enjoy our vacation without worrying about all these details. Now, when people heard Jesus talk about this stuff or where they read this stuff for the very first time, it probably blew their minds. They were like, wait, we don't have to go to the temple? No, it's all in here. We don't need to, like, make any sacrifices or anything. No, like, the Spirit's in here ready to hang out with you. We don't need to use the high priest. No, it's, it's all right here. And we don't do it just once a year, like, any time. It's like, yeah, he's, he's here just any time waiting for you. Guys, because of what Jesus did, we are able to worship God in a way that nobody could before Jesus showed up. And the reason why we're able to do this The reason why God gave us the Spirit is because He really, really wants to spend time with you. He really wants to be close to you. Like, take another look at verse 22. It says this, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, if that went over your head, it's saying this, we can get close to God without any hesitation. We don't have to worry about whether or not God wants to be close to us because He has already put His Spirit inside of us. We don't have to worry about that. We can just get close to Him. It used to be that we would wait outside the temple once a year while that one person went inside, but today, any of us, anytime, anywhere, can get that close to God. And the reason why God did this is because He doesn't want anything to separate us from Him. But sometimes it feels like there's a separation. For me, I feel this most when I've done something wrong. Like when we feel that guilt when like we've hurt our parents or we've betrayed a friend or we looked at something online that we shouldn't have or maybe we stole something or, or maybe we cheated on a test. Whatever it is, like anytime we've done something wrong, that feeling of guilt can make us feel like God doesn't want to have anything to do with us at all. But that's not true. Because here's the deal. He has totally forgiven you from that. See, when Jesus came to earth as a human being, and he died on a cross and he came back from death, what he did is he paid the entire cost of everything wrong we've ever done and ever will do. Even that thing that you just can't help but feel terrible about, you can't let it go, God forgives you from that. All we have to do to receive that forgiveness is just put our trust in Jesus to say, Jesus, I believe that you did what you needed to do to forgive me. Can you help me go through life together? And that forgiveness, once we have that relationship with Jesus, there is nothing separating us from God. And nothing ever will. That's why it says, draw near with a clear conscience and a pure heart. Don't hesitate. Just go to God. There is nothing in between you. I wanted to show you a really short clip that 
I think really illustrates what it means to go to God without any hesitation at all. Take a look at this. Come here. Okay. That's my son, Edison. He just learned how to walk. He loves walking to me and to his mom, Allie. Like, he, he loves walking to us. And he doesn't hesitate at all. He doesn't worry about how he wet the bed earlier that day. He doesn't worry about how he made a mess at lunch and how he's been screaming the entire afternoon. He just knows that we love him, and he doesn't hesitate. He just comes straight to us anytime we're like, hey, come here. And he's like, yay! We can do that with God. Guys, God has given us his spirit because he wants us to be able to do that. He wants us to be able to worship him without wondering whether or not God wants to spend any time with us. So he gave us the Holy Spirit to do that. That's what it means to worship in spirit. Last week we talked about worshiping in truth, which is actually worshiping God himself. So it's not just like this mindless thing, we're just going through the motions. We are actually worshiping God, and we can do that in a way that no one ever could before Jesus was here. We're going to unpack this a little bit more in core groups. I don't want to pray for us before we do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Uh, I pray that we would have really cool conversations and we would unpack this a little bit more. And that ultimately, this would result in us having just a greater understanding of worship and who you are. So we love you. We pray for a good rest of the night. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good time in core groups.